What's up? What's up? <laughs> Thank y'all. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for being here tonight. Uh, my name is Nick. I serve on the vertical team, and uh, this uh, this ministry is just <laughs> this ministry has just meant so much to me uh, in just my life over the past couple of years since I've been in Waco. And uh, so, like I said, my name is Nick. I know a lot of you guys don't know me, and so just to tell you a little bit about myself. So I actually I transferred into Baylor at the beginning of my junior year, and so. And yeah, transferred. Yeah, there we go. And so uh, I came from a community college. I went to two different community colleges before I came here. And so maybe if any of you went to a community college, like you might know, like I do, that they're like they tend to be pretty small and like pretty straightforward, like campus-wise compared to like a university. And so that's what I'm coming into, like having come from there, going into Baylor. And so first day of class at Baylor, uh, fall semester last year, like my first day ever at Baylor. I wake up like super early. I cook this big meal, which I think was like the last time I ever cooked breakfast before class. And so I like cook this big breakfast. I'm like pumped. And so I, uh, I get ready and I cook, eat the meal and I head to campus like super early to find a parking spot. And so I, uh, I go to the, uh, the parking lot by 7th and James over there and I drive around and there's like no parking. So I'm like, okay. So I go over to 8th Street parking garage, Collins parking garage, no parking. And at this point, I'm like, all right, I'm the new guy. Like, somebody should have told me, like, how hard this is to, like, find parking first day. And so I'm like, that's pretty messed up. So last-ditch effort, I head over to Garage Mahal, and I get over there, and I'm, like, looking for parking. I drive throughout the entire thing, and I can't find a single spot until I finally get to the top level. And so I get to the top level. There's a spot. And so I pull in. I get out. I grab my backpack, put it on. I look at my watch. I have three minutes to make it to Waco Hall for chapel. And so, like, if you're familiar with that, with like Baylor's campus, then who, who thinks that they can make it from Garage Mahal to Waco Hall in three minutes? Anybody? Anybody? All right, I see one liar back there. All right, and so, and so I'm like, I'm like, I got this, I got this. So I run to the stairs, and I take the stairs all the way down because bears take the stairs. And so I take the stairs, I sprint down them, and I'm like running across campus. So just like picture this, it's like the end of summer, beginning of fall semester, and so it's like 96 degrees outside. It's like nine in the morning. And I'm sprinting across campus with, like, my backpack full of books. So it's, like, bouncing up and down. So we've all been there, so don't judge me. And so I'm, like, running. And I finally get to Waco Hall. I run in. And, like, as I'm running in, I see him close the doors to chapel. And so I'm, like, you've got to be kidding me. So I run up to Waco Hall worker. I'm, like, hey, I'm, I'm new here. Like, I've never been here before. Like, and I just explained to them, like, what had gone, like, what had happened. And I think the guy felt bad for me. And so he let me in. He's, like, yeah, you got it, you got it. And so I just remember, like, sitting in the back of Waco Hall for that first chapel. And I was so excited for class that first day. I was so, like, pumped up to be there. And I just remember sitting there. I was, like, hot and sweaty. I was, like, dripping sweat from running across campus. And I was, like, out of breath. My heart was racing. And, like, in that moment, like, I was so frustrated. But more than anything, I was just anxious. Like, I was so overwhelmed. Like, there were so many things going through my head. And the reason I start with this story is because I feel like this is what life feels like for a lot of us, like a lot of times. Like you feel like you're just like running to try to keep up with life or relationships or school or whatever it may be. Like you just feel like you're running to try to keep up and like it can just be really, really exhausting at times. And we're coming up on final season, so I feel like a lot of us probably feel that pretty deep right now. And so I just want to address something before I start. I just want to say that I'm going to be mentioning the word anxiety. I'm going to be talking about that just throughout the next few minutes together. And I, whenever I use the word anxiety, I know that anxiety can be 
it can come from different things. It can be a medical condition. It can come from a mental illness type thing. And that's not the type of anxiety I'm talking about. And so if you struggle with that, like I want to encourage you to find a counselor, to get medicine, do whatever you need to do uh, to help with that. And so that's not the type of anxiety I'm talking about whenever I say that tonight. What I'm talking about is the anxiety that we get from, from running and running and running and feeling like we have to control things and feeling like we are just running and exhausted and it, the anxiety that comes from more busyness and that type of thing. And so with that being said, I think that we all like know what it feels like to feel like your life is just like crashing down. And so you apply for a position of leadership or you apply for an organization or whatever it may be and you get told no. Or you fail an exam or you fail a class and you get put on academic probation and you have to go home and you have to face your parents and like you just feel like a complete failure. Or you get a phone call and you don't know whenever you answer that phone whether it's going to be stage four cancer or whether the tests are clear. And like you feel like nobody can relate to you in that moment. Like we've all been there where we feel like nobody can understand what you're going through. And I want to remind you that we have a Father in heaven who loves you and who cares about you and who sees it all. And so what we're going to do over the next few minutes is we're going to be talking about a passage that, if you were at Vertical a couple weeks ago, that Dale challenged us with memorizing, and that's Psalm 16. And so Psalm 16 was written by this guy, David, who you may be familiar with. Like, he, uh, he was this guy that had a lot of reasons that he could have been anxious or been nervous like we've heard, the, you may have heard the stories about like enemies chasing after him. And as you read through the Psalms, like you see story after story of him like pleading with God and like asking God to just take away his uh, like anxiousness because he's being chased after. Or he makes a terrible decision that he just feels terrible about and he has this like anxiety. But whenever we see and study Psalm 16, like it seems as though he's found joy. And not only has he found joy, but it seems like he's found joy amidst his pain and suffering. And so that's what we all want, right? Like, it's easy to find joy, and it's easy to be happy whenever life is good. Like, I think we, we can all relate to that. Like, whenever life is going well, like, it's, it's easy to be joyful. But whenever the things I talked about a minute ago, if that, any of that hits you or anything like that happens, life feels like it's crushing down around you. Like, it's a lot harder to find joy in those moments. And so we're going to be looking at and learning from David and see how he found joy amid suffering. So Psalm 16, starting in verse 8, says, I've set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to shoal or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. And in your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so I just want you to stop and think about this passage. And so what did David do? He set his eyes on the Lord. He set the Lord before him. And what happened? He found joy. He says his heart is glad. His whole being rejoices. His flesh dwells secure. He knows that God will not abandon his soul. He trusts that. 
and he trusts that the Lord God would make known to him the path of life. He says that in his presence, in God's presence, there is fullness of joy. And in his presence, there are pleasures forevermore. And so David, he focuses his attention on God and he finds joy. And so I just want to like ask you to be honest with yourself right now and just ask, like, do you feel joyful? Like, do you feel joy right now? And if you do, and you might, then praise God for that. But for those of you who don't feel joy right now, who feel just overwhelmed or anxious, and it feels like life is just crazy and chaotic, and you just can't keep up with it, and you can't control it, I want to challenge you to change your perspective. To focus on the Lord. And so I want to challenge you to take your eyes off of whatever you're focusing on now or whatever your future goals might be that you're chasing after, whatever you're trying to find life in, and focus your attention and set your eyes on the Lord like David did. And so, like, I'm, I'm aware that we live in the Bible Belt, so, like, we've heard that term, like, focus on the Lord or set your eyes on the Lord. Like, we've heard that probably thousands of times. And so you can be like, okay, I, I get it. I need to focus or set my eyes on the Lord. But what, is that, like, what does that mean? What does that look like? And so over the past few weeks that we've had vertical, like we've been focusing on the spiritual disciplines. And so we've talked about fasting. We've talked about praying. We've talked about memorizing and being in God's word. And that's where it starts. And so it, it may be like you go home tonight and you hit your knees and you just talk with God, and you just ask him, for me, what does it look like to set my eyes on and to focus on you, God? And so you know what's crazy about Psalm 16? I didn't know this until a couple days ago. Is actually like post-resurrection of Jesus. In Peter's first sermon, he quotes Psalm 16. Like he quotes David. And what he's doing is reminding us that it's not about David. David died, but God didn't abandon his soul. And that's what David says. That's what Peter says, is that David, he joined Jesus, and he now has complete joy because he's with Jesus in heaven, and he's in his presence forevermore. And so what Psalm 16 is doing is it's pointing us to Jesus. And so Christmas is a season you may have noticed some of the Christmas decorations or Christmas themes with our volunteers. And so Christmas is a season that's meant to bring our attention to a baby in Jesus that was born in Bethlehem 2,019 years ago. A baby that the same God who brought joy to David amidst his suffering, that same God brought us this baby so that he could live a perfect life and so that he could die a death on the cross taking God's wrath upon himself so that he could raise three days later proving that he was who he said he is conquering sin and death and his death on the cross is the greatest gift that we could ever receive and so he's the savior that we desperately needed and the beginning to finding joy is doing what David did, is placing your faith in and focusing your attention on Jesus.
And Christ died for all of us so that we could have a relationship with him when we place our faith in him. And so let's remember that this Christmas. And so we're about to transition into a time of just singing some Christmas songs and just remembering who Jesus is and what he did for us by going to the cross for us. And so going back to the beginning, the funny thing about my experience, my first day of classes at Baylor is that I was so anxious and I was so overwhelmed by trying to get to chapel. Like chapel, you don't need, like literally all you have to do is show up. Like you can sleep. They let you sleep at chapel. Like it, all you have to do is show up. And I was so anxious sitting there. And the thing is, I was so worried about something that in reality didn't even matter. And I think we all get in the habit of doing this, of stressing out or being anxious about things that in reality, they don't matter. And so let me remind you again, set your eyes upon the Lord who truly matters. And so I can promise you that life will never be completely easy. Like you will go through seasons that are really hard and anxiety will probably hit you and you will probably feel overwhelmed soon. But I trust that this book that God gave us teaches us that Jesus came to die for our sins, to be our savior, so that we, whenever we trust in that and whenever we place our faith in what Jesus did for us on the cross, the yoke becomes easier. Luke 174 says that we are delivered from the hand of the enemies so that we can live our lives without fear. And then one chapter later in Luke 2, it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. For me and for you, this news is for all of us. For unto you is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. And so I'm gonna pray and then I'm just gonna ask that y'all just join me in just singing to the Savior and just worshiping him and just giving him glory. So if we can bow our heads again. Dear Heavenly Father, God, just thank you so much for what you did by just sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. God, I know there are times where it feels like we've just been running from you, we've been distant from you, but God, I just pray that tonight that we're just able to draw near to you and that you just pull us in, God, and you just show us you are right there with us. God, I thank you so much for what you did by sending Jesus. And I just pray that as we just sing these songs to close out, God, I just ask that you will just remind us continuously just tonight and over the course of the next month leading up to Christmas, that Christmas is not about anything but remembering what you did for us by sending Jesus. God, just thank you for all you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray.